So we've been in a series called Kingdom Manifesto, where we've been looking through the Sermon on the Mount, particularly the Beatitudes of Jesus. Uh, we've talked about, you know, Jesus came and he preached this gospel of the kingdom of God, and where there is a kingdom, there always is a king. We're not talking about an earthly kingdom. We're not talking about an earthly king. We're talking about the kingdom of God, where Christ is the king. We've been uh, spending time in the Beatitudes, and this morning we'll be in Matthew chapter 5 once again. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5 is where we'll be uh, picking up. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. A lot of times when people hear the word meek, they automatically think of weak. Meekness is often, oftentimes confused with weakness, but it really isn't. Those are opposites. They're, they're, they're not the same word here. Just because they sound similar and they rhyme doesn't mean that they're the same thing. Meekness, by definition means a quiet, controlled confidence. A quiet, controlled confidence. In the Greek, the Greek word for meek, it means that power is under control. My daughter Liliana has been uh, taking horseback riding lessons and just loves horses. And, and I've talked about meekness before and used this as an illustration, but you know, it's just something very powerful to see a horse. I mean, horses are, anybody stronger than a horse? I didn't think so. Okay. Uh, anybody ridden a horse before in their life? Very powerful animals. Beautiful animals. I, I love uh, Wednesdays uh, is when she typically has her horseback riding lessons, and we tend to go, and uh, either me or Hannah will take her, and um, I just love, you know, going around to each stall and just, you know, interacting with the horses. And they're just such a, a beautiful horse. But has anybody ever seen a wild horse? I've been to different places where they run free. Um, you know, down at the coast, you know, seeing them run on the beaches is beautiful. Those are powerful horses. But in the wild, they're powerful but they're not under control. That is the opposite of meekness. Meekness is that horse being broken, being broken by its master, by its owner, where it gives correction, gives direction to uh, one day after that's over and done, over and done again and again as the trainer is training that horse it will one day be very meek. It will one day have power under control. We take uh, at, a, at a horse um, farm down in uh, the uh, Madison Maiden area, and uh, they're known for barrel racing. Um, they're one of the uh, biggest known in this area for barrel racing. Uh, they have, um, you know, the owners, they have competed at the World Barrel Racing. Uh, so when we're there sometimes, you know, and the, a lot of the kids are just, you know, learning basics, you know, how to canter and how to ride and, 
uh, the proper posture to ride in and things like that. But then some that are you know, veterans that have been training for quite some time start to be introduced to the barrel racing, which I didn't know this when I was playing the sermon, but Liliana got introduced to how to run the barrels this week. And so she was so excited to, to do that. But I'm telling you, whenever they come in to the arena, they're full-blown speed, and all of a sudden, they jerk on those reins, and they, they teach them to basically take those reins and put them in their pocket. And it causes that horse just to do like a 180, just like that. And it, it scares me. I, I think, man, they are going to be thrown off of this horse. It is insane. And now I'm thinking, my daughter's going to be doing this. Like, I'm a little concerned. But that horse will listen to that trainer. That horse will go wherever that trainer tells it to go. Power under control. The power under control is really a benefit for the rider. It's not a whole lot of benefits for the horse itself, but for the rider, absolutely. When we are meek, it's of benefit to our maker. It's of benefit to God, our Father. When we are meek, we are under control. We listen to what He tells us to do. We are one with Him. And, you know, if you've been on a horse, and I've been on several horses where, you know, especially going in the mountains and you go on a horse, you know, a, a dude ranch is a lot of times that they'll call it. And basically, you just get on that horse. You don't, know, you don't even have to know how to ride a horse. They'll throw you on that horse, and they'll just say, go. And that horse will go down that trail, and you might not even be telling it what to do. It's because it knows the trail, it knows the master, it knows where to go. Whenever we think of meekness, we should think of that, that we are one with our master and we do what he wants us to do. And our power, our authority, our title, whatever you want to put there, is under control because it's not about us, it's about him, the most powerful of all, telling us what to do. So meekness, a lot of times is confused with weakness. And the reason why that is because meekness really comes from humility. And I've been around humble people, but they're not weak people. Humble people aren't always weak people. Humility is often tied, and it should be tied to, trusting God for our everything. And over the past several weeks, we've been talking about our trust, our dependency on God. To turn to Him in every time of need that we have. To turn to Him for direction. And so, even in the way that we live our lives, we are to be humble before Him. Meekness is about trust. The horse trusts the master. The horse learns to trust that the trainer knows best. We are to learn to trust God the Father who knows best in each and every one of our lives. We turn to Him. So meekness is someone who is completely entrusting a relationship with God. 
And because they trust in God, they are willing to patiently wait on God's timing to work out in every way to bring God the glory. A lot of times I see people that aren't meek because a lot of times they're very impatient people. They got self in the viewpoint over God. And ultimately, they bring glory to themselves or glory to other things besides bringing glory to God who is worthy of our glory. Jesus, of course, is using language that has been used throughout the Word of God. Meekness isn't a new word that has been spoken of. This is a word that they have heard before. Meekness. Moses was known as being the meekest of all the people on the earth. In Numbers uh, chapter 12, we we can read a story about Aaron and um, um, uh, Aaron, the brother, and uh, lost, no, Moses, yes. Uh, Miriam, sorry, lost it. Uh, Miriam, we can read a story about Aaron and Miriam who then turn on Moses. Moses is a powerful man, one that has done some great things and followed after God, and his brother and sister turn on him. And they start to speak against Moses. Moses like I said, is very powerful. He could have done something and turned to them and won up them, so to speak. He could have let them have it, but yet he was meek. He was meek. It wasn't that he was weak. It was, he was meek. He trusted that God knew what was best in the circumstances, and he knew that God had heard the situation. See, this is a very personal attack here in Numbers chapter 12 where Moses, you know, this questioning is questioning his calling, his calling as a prophet. Uh, They're questioning his role as a leader among Israel. This personal attack would have attacked his very identity, who he was. This attack would likely have caused very much pain on him Because these are some of his closest relatives. And yet they spoke ill of him. But yet in verse 2 of Numbers chapter 12, we hear the Lord heard the conversation. And then the next thing the text says is, is very interesting because it says, Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all the people who were on the face of the earth. And God then begins to respond to Aaron and Miriam and defends Moses. The lesson here is that Moses' meekness here is displayed in his response. Or, and a lot of times when you read it, you might think of lack thereof response. But Moses responded in a way that was showing his meekness and his trust in God. And God intervened. And proved that he that that Moses was a servant of God. Moses uses his power, his humility, and it was it was always connected to his trust in God. 
He could have had, had let them have it. But yet he chose to trust God to respond. How God knows how to respond. Many times we go through situations in life and we encounter people and we could easily have proved to them that we are better than them or that we know more than them. But sometimes in life, God calls us to be meek and sometimes just listen and allow God to intervene in the relationship. Let the Holy Spirit do the correcting. Now, meek isn't weak. When we need to you know, correct one another, we should correct one another. But it should be out of a meekness, not a pride and arrogance to the truth, but a meekness that is tied to the truth of God, who God knows all. He is all truth. I am not. And so whenever we have conversations with one another, it should be turning to God for truth, not trying to belittle and one-up people. But yet many times I see in the church world is that we don't model meekness very well because we want to shame people and things like that. And that is not the way of the kingdom of God. That is not the way of our king because if anybody could have done that, it was Jesus Christ. He could have came down on this earth and condemned us all. But he didn't come to bring condemnation. He came to bring life and life to the full. And so whatever we do, just like Moses was to bring glory to God, we are to do the same thing, to bring glory to God. Everything, what it, Paul even says this, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. All, all of us to glorify God and this morning as you think about meekness may you think about your trust do you truly trust God do you trust God with your health do you trust God with your finances do you trust God with your job do you trust God with your grief do you trust God with your family do you trust God with your everything for if we don't, then we're following a different way. And that is the way of the world. For all we have is from God. And He is more than capable of taking our life and guiding and directing us. I love C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis once said this. If you, think, if you take God like a piece of paper, this piece of paper here, you take the piece of paper and you... Send it out to infinity this way and send it out to infinity this way and send it out to infinity this way and send it out to infinity this way. Just this massive big piece of paper, right? Huge paper. Then you take and you take a pencil and you then begin to mark a one-inch line on that piece of paper. That is your life. And this paper that goes out to infinity is God. Basically saying that God has been, will be, and will continue to be. He is forever. He is the Alpha and the Omega. Our life, Paul says this, our life, we're here one day, we're going the next. You know, the word says that our life is that of just a vapor. 
If there's anybody that we should trust as God who is all faithful, all knowing, and all powerful, he is worthy of our trust. And so may our worship be about the provider and not just about what is being provided. May our worship be about the miracle maker and not just about the miracles. May our worship be about the creator and not just about the creation. May our worship be about the the one who is capable and, and able to bless, not just about the blessings. And the question is this morning is, do you truly trust God completely or do you only trust Him for things? Do you truly trust God completely or do you only trust Him for the things that He provides? Our, our dependency, our trust, our meekness, it should be about trusting God. Meekness is complete humility when it is fully connected to our dependency and trust in God. Our meekness is fully power under control when it is connected to our trust in God. So what does meekness look like? I'd like to talk about that. Meekness doesn't look like this. It doesn't look like an out-of-control life. It doesn't look like a power-fed and hungry type of life that goes after people. Uh, the opposite of meekness is, is going around and shaming people. And a lot of times people will go around and shaming people and use what they call the truth to do that. They use the Word of God to do that. We aren't called to shame people. A meek, a meek life doesn't shame. The opposite of meekness is doing things for your own benefit. Doing things that brings about self. So what does meekness look like? Meekness is about self-control. Being in control of self. Proverbs 25, 28 says, A man without self-control is as defenseless as a city with broke-down walls. Paul in Galatians says, The Spirit produces the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you want to be a meek person, you have to learn to be self-controlled. Jesus was a very meek person. He was self-controlled. Even in his anger, when he goes into the temple, his father's house, and flips over tables, he is still, his power is in control. He is in control of himself, even whenever he goes and he turns them and sends them out of his father's house. He could have came in and just went to them and just thrown them out, even killed them, because Ultimately, Jesus has that authority and power to do just that. He was self-controlled. May we be self-controlled. Meekness is about not shaming. Paul says in Romans 14, 1, it says, Accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on them, on disputing matters goes on in Galatians chapter 6 he said brothers if someone is caught in a sin who you are spiritually should should restore him gently but watch yourself or you may be tempted 
by helping each other with your troubles, you truly obey the law of Christ. We aren't to shame other people. Because ultimately, if we were, we're the ones that will receive the shame. If we, you know, we judge by the same standard, we will be judged by the same standards that we judge. And I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't need any help when it comes to judgment. Like, if I was to be judged today on my past, boy, there is more than enough things to be thrown at me. But I surrender to the will of God through Christ Jesus. And I come to Him through Him and Him alone. So as we even correct one another, may we do it with meekness, with gentleness, with self-control. Meekness is teachable. It says in James, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Proverbs 13, 18 says, A person who refuses correction will end up poor and disgrace, but one who accepts correction will be honored. When I was 17 years old, I was young in the faith, just started following Jesus Christ, um, you know, turned my life around. But there was a part of me that was... Uh, a little bit arrogant. My, my personality then was very arrogant, and I was coming across that way. Um, and, and just to let you know, I used to always feel like I had to prove myself growing up. I've discovered I don't have to prove myself to no one. God is the one that works through me. I don't have to prove myself. But I remember my best friend said, Dustin, I love you. But man, you are not teachable. It completely changed my life. He was, uh, you know, we were in a discipling relationship. He didn't just come off the street and just come to me and says, Dustin, you're not teachable. No, this is someone I trusted. And we were accountability partners. We were pouring ourselves in. And he saw something in me and he called it out. I wasn't teachable. It changed my life forever. And I meet people often in this world that aren't teachable. And yet they call themselves followers of Jesus, but yet they're not teachable. They become calloused and hard-hearted. That isn't the way of Jesus. We are to be teachable. And meekness is gentle. A gentle answer will calm a person's anger, but an unkind answer will cause more anger. Church, we need to be meek. When we speak to one another, may it be out of the gentle spirit of Christ working through us. So are you meek? Meekness finds its roots. It begins, continues, and ends with God's Spirit having complete control of your life. Are you meek? If not, then chances are you haven't been given God complete control of your life. Does God's Spirit completely control your life? 
In 2 Timothy, it says this, God did not give us a spirit that makes us afraid, but a spirit of power, of love, and self-control. Does that spirit live in you? If not, then turn to God and put your complete trust in Him. It says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The blessing comes with a promise to those who live meekly, They shall inherit the earth. Jesus is referring back to a psalm that they would have known very well. Psalm 37, verse 11, it says, But the meek shall inherit the land, or in the the Hebrew there, the earth, and delight themselves in abundant peace. Which this is foretelling this destruction that is going to come to the evildoers. So that those who have their hope in Yahweh, their hope in Jesus Christ our Lord, will live in peace forever and ever. What does this mean? The first thing it means that to those who are trusting, those who are waiting, they will be encouraged. They will be comforted. Now, you might not be aware that God is at work in your life right now. Maybe you feel like some, that He's not. Put your trust in Him, for He is faithful, and we are heirs of Him. It says that we are bought by His blood, and we are transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, and we have an inheritance we might go through troubled times but we have an inheritance and it's found in our trust in jesus christ and perhaps you're waiting on god to act in a situation may you commit to trust in him but sometimes it feels like nothing has happened nothing's going to change maybe jesus says that what will come your way is much bigger than you can even imagine. The next thing the promise means is that there is no need for jealousy over what other people has or doesn't have or, or to pride ourselves of what we have accomplished for we are heirs to the earth. See, Jesus is going to make all things new. In Revelation 21, verse 5, it says, And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And also he says this, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. God is the one who can be trusted. He does what he says he's going to do. And maybe we're going through tough times. May we be meek in the midst of it. May we turn our trust to Him. May we depend on Him and Him alone. And He will bless us. He will respond. And He will claim us as His sons and daughters. And we inherit the kingdom of God. We inherit a new heaven, a new earth where Jesus is reigning forever and ever. 
the gospel, the uh, the um, beatitude says this: "Blessed are the poor in spirit." We've talked about that. That's our dependency on Him. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And now we see where these are tied together. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. My question to you this morning is, do you depend completely on God for your everything? If not, then it can start right now. Are you truly sorry and mourning over your sins that you have done in the past? Jesus wants you to bring them to Him and let Him take them. And what He will do with them is not to hold them over you. No, He takes them and He throws them in the depths of the sea. I don't know about you, but I'm a scuba diver. I'm certified to 100 feet. But the depths of the sea, no scuba diver can actually go. Some places in the depths of the sea, even submarines can't go. That's where God throws our sins so that we can't come back for it he doesn't want us to go after it we mourn for that we're sorry for our sins do you trust him to work in your life today may you place your trust in him and him alone this life our response to this life Our response should be worship and adoration and praise for God because of what He did and what He's continuing to do in our life. He is worthy of our trust. And I don't know about you, but it's it's, it's time for us as a church to get rid of our agendas and go to Him and fully trust Him to do what He does best. It was Jesus who built the church. It was Jesus who moved in a tent meeting down the, over on a road that many of you didn't ever experience. He moved there and He called our elders to plant a church. It's God who has moved in this church throughout the history. It's God who moved Saturday. I'm not sorry, Sunday night as we worshiped Him. We just lifted him up in song. It's God who has moved and done things and uh, shifted our focus to not on our agendas and, and our traditions, but to him and him alone. And a lot of times you come with your own preferences. You come with your own agendas. That's not trust in Jesus. That's trust in religion. May we come to Him and Him alone for our trust and He is worthy of our praise. May we turn to Him because at the end of the day, may we just want to just sit at His feet. At the end of the day, may we just want to just gather around our Father and tell Him how awesome He is and tell Him about our day and ask Him to help guide us. May we turn to Him and say, man, I messed up. I I fell. Help me. May we turn to Him. May we trust completely in Him and Him alone. So are you a meek person? Are you a person that likes to trust in things and not the Creator? Are you a meek person? Do you tend to 
you know, have your life with self-control or do you, are you a selfish person? For blessed are those who are meek, for they shall inherit the earth. God, we're here today, God. Many of us, we, we're not the meekest people. But God, we turn to you right now in our trust and our humility, God, and our dependency on you. God, make us meek. Make us trust you above the things of this world. May we trust you above our own selfishness. May we turn to you. And God, may we claim our inheritance as your sons and your daughters through Christ Jesus, our Lord. God, as we end this service today, God, many of us come with all different kinds of desires and agendas and things like that. God, may we just leave it at your feet. And may we be like Mary who is just sitting around Jesus and worshiping Him when Martha is going crazy doing all these kind of things. But may we be more like Mary in her meekness and she trusts completely in Jesus. And may we sit at His feet. May we give Him glory for He is worthy. God, we ask that You move right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we sing this last song. If you need to bow at the altar, if you need to pray, if you need to just sing, if you just need to spend time in the quiet, do that.